You're listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. Visit us online at knowthecause.com and join the conversation at facebook.com slash knowthecause. Folks, joining me right now is a friend of mine for many, many years. He comes from the San Diego area. He is a naturopathic medical doctor, making him an NMD. He has written books. I don't know where he gets the time. He's a young doctor, Dr. Mark Stengler. Thank you for coming in and joining us. Good to be with you, Doug. Mark, for the past uh, year, I have lectured. I've done a lot of traveling, done a lot of lecturing, and I meet just these incredible doctors who are stuck on a subject, hyperoxygenation, you know, uh, uh, antifungal, you know, this, this, this. You're a guy who years ago when I first met you, you were already looking at all those venues. So your approach was very integrative uh, in medicine, even in your younger years. How could a guy graduate from medical school and go so right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it just to me, it always dawned on me that there's so many root causes of illness in people. Granted, there's always a, a small amount of, you know, very core root causes. Yeah. And everyone's different. And so I just want to have a lot of different tools to use in helping people. And so that's why I'm what you'd call a mixer. I use many different therapies depending on what I think is going to work with the, best with the patient, what their lab tests show, what their symptoms are, maybe what their sensitivities are. And, of course, talking to the patient and their history, um, what I think the root cause or causes are. Can, can you see both the kind of allopathic patient and keep them on hypertensive medication or statin drugs. And then the next patient would be someone 46, 47 years old who wants a more holistic diet, supplementation. I mean, do you have a practice like that where you'll gear it to what they like? Because a lot of people aren't into diet and supplementation. Oh, absolutely. We absolutely do that. Although most people that come to see me, they're open to changing things. So for example, a lot of people do come in on blood pressure medications, statin drugs for high cholesterol, things like that, antidepressants. And so normally what I do with them is I get them healthier, better energy, better mood, um, better digestion, these types of things. And the person's confidence goes up. And then I tell them, well, look, here's the downside of taking statin drugs long-term. If you're a woman, it can increase your risk of diabetes by 48%. Mm-hmm. You know, men and women, you can get joint problems, liver problems, kidney problems, these types of things. And so, look, here's a natural approach we can do. Now, having being trained in both types of medicine, we'll be very scientific about it. I'll get you off your statin drug. We'll do the diet changes, maybe some supplements. We'll recheck your lipids after two or three months. And you can see it objectively, everything's fine. And so people like that. What I learned many years ago was the role of gut permeability in disease. I'll never forget, this was the 1970s. Excuse me, I was back in California. And a photograph in a book came to my attention. These were German doctors who used electron microscopy to follow a mycelium from a yeast through the lumen. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is... And folks, what that means is a yeast cell that's normal in the gut became bad probably after antibiotics, and they grow a tail, a powerful little tail, and it can poke a hole through the lining of the intestine, and out goes food. And so I got into the field, I was in the field very heavily back then, of food allergy. Mm -hmm. Once I saw those photographs, I said, "Uh uh-oh, all we're detecting is antibodies to the foods these people are eating. Food allergy testing all of a sudden meant nothing to me anymore, and yet it was a multi-million dollar business. I faded out of it, 
because what we're doing is detecting foods they're eating. These weren't allergic foods, these are foods that are leaking through the gut. Right. Gut permeability, is that a, a, an acknowledged problem today in science? You know, it finally is. Um, when I got into medicine 20 some years ago, it was thought to be something just holistic doctors believed in. Conventional medicine said that's a bunch of baloney and I'd have gastroenterologists tell my patients that's nonsense and it has been proven, it is accepted now, conventional medicine increased intestinal permeability or gut permeability, it has a common name, leaky gut, is a true phenomenon. Uh, multiple studies show it is connected to a variety of diseases that range from autoimmune diseases uh, to chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, uh, allergies, just a, a skin problems. So it is accepted now as a valid medical problem. And so what I find in medicine, a very high percent of people have problem with increased gut permeability or and unhealthy intestines, small mm -hmm. intestine. Like where you said, you should be absorbing small particles of food. You should not be absorbing bacteria and fungi and things right. like that. And when you do, it creates havoc, not just locally, like digestive symptoms, but systemically, 70% of our immune system to 75% is in that area of the gut. We call it the gut-associated lymphoid tissue. So if you have problems in your gut, small intestine, you're gonna have problems systemically, the brain, the skin, the joints, the muscles, everything. While we're in the gut, um, probably back before you got your medical degree, uh, probiotics were very controversial. I'll never forget uh, the first lady of probiotics, her name was Natasha Trent, a wonderful gal. I interviewed her on television one time and the, we got negative feedback <clears throat> from the medical community saying that's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> you have good bacteria, good yeast in your gut. And of course, a decade later, they're saying, uh-oh, the antibiotics erase that, or birth control pills, or alcohol, or drugs that we're prescribing people. So talk a little about the terrain, all of those 70% of our immune system, and its effect on our good, or conversely, our bad health. Well, it's true. I mean, people are surprised to find out that the small intestine, the surface area, is equivalent to almost two tennis courts. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's tremendous, and so, so much activity goes on there. You have your immune system, you have to have your absorption there. Um, and so if, those, if there's problems there, you're gonna have major problems, but the good bacteria, we have trillions of bacteria in our body. And so imbalances from antibiotics, alcohol, high sugar foods, stress, chlorinated waters, uh, things like this will cause an imbalance, what we call dysbiosis, an imbalance between the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. And it's more than that too. We naturally have certain amounts of yeast in our gut. And so then you get overgrowth of yeast like candida. That becomes infectious, they're like parasitic. And so, as a holistic doctor, we know that if we don't treat those infections in the gut, if we don't provide the environment for healthy gut with the good bacteria through diet, say like fermented food products, through probiotics, uh, through good digestion, you cannot get the patient to a good state of health. And this isn't actually just current theory. If you read medical textbooks, medical writings hundreds of years ago, Doctors were writing about it then. They realized this, especially in different cultures, like in Russia, for example, uh, you know, ancient Greek medical textbooks. They, they recognized it. Yes, in science today, we can say exactly what's going on, but they recognized the correlation, you know, a thousand years ago. 3,000. Uh, Hippocrates, let food be your medicine. Are you with that, guys? Let food be your medicine. Um, you told me a few years ago, I'll never forget this, I went home and told my wife that you're seeing... In, in children, 
deterioration that you would have never seen 30, 40 years ago. Kids with juvenile arthritis, uh, juvenile diabetes, which is no more juvenile, um, skin problems, brain problems, learning disabilities. To what do you attribute this increasing number of sick children to? Yeah, I'd say there's a couple of main factors. Number one, environmental causes, mm -hmm. I mean, the toxins in the environment. Now that could be heavy metals from vaccines, uh, from mercury fillings, uh, plastic chemicals, what we call phthalates, xenoestrogens in the environment, uh, pesticides in the food supply, uh, mycotoxins, you know, commonly people are consuming in grains and corn and certain nuts, like peanuts, for example. Um, there's other environmental toxins too, like in the air. We know people that live in uh, urban areas. There's right. been very good studies showing asthma and other respiratory conditions caused by uh, different kinds of pollution, say just the exhaust from buses and things like that. Um, nutritional deficiencies. You know, the foods that we eat now are just so devoid of nutrients. The body doesn't work by magic. I mean, mm -hmm. if you ever pick up a biochemical textbook, you look at all the pathways that require nutrients. I mean, it's amazing showing the design of the body. Uh, you have multiple nutritional deficiencies, which the average child in America does. These are according to American government studies, and believe me, the American government really isn't a fan of nutritional supplements. Their own studies demonstrate this. So when you have the nutritional deficiencies, when you have the toxins, you have the gut uh, having been damaged from repeated antibiotics, ear infections, sore throats, a lot of which are viral and antibiotics aren't gonna help anyhow. You have doctors who can't treat these patients, kids, when they're young, uh, with natural techniques like we use, and they get all the antibiotics damaging the gut and immune system. It just, all these things combined leads to major health problems in our youth. And as you know, autism, learning disorders, you know, are skyrocketing. Yeah, we had a doctor in here the other day that we interviewed. She's written an extraordinary book on autism. And she said the same thing. Mm. You know, and, and she was very cautious. Look, I'm not down on vaccinations. I think polio is wiped out, you know, thanks to vaccinations. But back then we used an anti-polio vaccine. Now there are, are what we call adjuvants, folks. These are additives put in to some of these vaccines. It's very much like taking a pharmaceutical pill. There's so many acids and, and other components of that pill than just blood pressure lowering. You really have to consider all of that tends to lead to a sick person. My wife and I made the decision, wow, was it that long ago, 35 years ago, that we could no longer afford, Mark, this is interesting, our insurance, our health insurance as a family. We had two children and my wife and I four, and it was $125 a month. And we said, well, we can't afford this anymore. So what do we do instead? And this is where Dr. Stengler comes in, folks. So I want you to hear this. This is important. We said, okay, it, you can have either health insurance or health assurance. I brought that to your attention about 30 years ago on the radio. Health assurance meant we had to buy these little tiny Nikes, you know, about three inches long for the boys to go walking with us. It meant that we had a Tarzan rope out on the acreage that they swung over, played with the crawdads and so forth outside. They grounded themselves. It meant that we would, we made a, a decision as a family that they would eat organically, that we're not going to eat things out of a box uh, or, or a package. We're going to eat organically. Those kids are now in their 30s and uh, the healthiest kids you can ever imagine. This is kind of what you teach people, isn't it? From the, you know, you guys, it's so simple. Take your shoes off and walk on grass or dirt, real grass, real dirt, real beaches, and, and see how you feel. So you have patients who are hyper-medicated 
who are very, very sick and getting sicker, and they're being told it's because you're getting older, um, and you say, okay, we're going to put the clutch in and the brake on, and we're going to figure you out. The average person that comes into the Stengler Center there in San Diego, who are they? Well, it's quite a diverse group okay. nowadays. <laughs> but for example, we see a lot of women ages 40 to 60 with a lot of hormone imbalance. Okay. Okay. And there's many different factors for that. Uh, the diet is a major one, uh, chemicals and environment as well. But you know, in the last five years, Doug, sadly, the amount of people we see with cancer has skyrocketed. There's different reasons for that. One is cancer is just so common now, right? You got a 40% chance of having right. some type of cancer in your lifetime. 25% of all cancer, all deaths in America are related to cancer. Right. So what we do with these people is, again, we work with their diet to help their immune system. We help offset the side effects they're experiencing from the chemotherapy and radiation. And then we try and take it a step further using techniques which free up the immune system, get rid of infections like fungal infections, uh, use things which enhance their immune system so their body can fight cancer better on its own. And remember, you know, up to 75% of people who quote are in remission, I mean, they relapse. And so we get them on protocols into the future to help their immune system, help them with detoxification, to make them more resilient to cancer. Uh, you know, we see a lot of people with high cholesterol, atherosclerosis, plaque in the arteries. A lot of the fundamentals go back to, again, dietary changes and exercises and getting the toxins out of the body like lead and things like that to help these people. Certainly a lot of people with what they call mental illness, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. anxiety and depression, huge yeah. since 9-11. We see a lot, we see a tremendous amount of people coming in on antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, a lot of which are very addictive, which we now know can increase your risk of things like even dementia and Alzheimer's. So, right. People are aware of this, so we work with them to get their brain balanced out. Well, people ask, well, how do you balance the brain out? Well, the same way. Give the nutrients the brain needs to work properly, balance the hormones, get rid of infections, improve circulation. Um, so we do the fundamental things, and, you know, Doug, most people we can help to a large degree. And uh, other people, you know, there's always, in medicine, we've got to take into account the psychological emotional, sure, spiritual course. aspects. And mm -hmm. so you're talking about children. We're talking about adults. One of the things we see a lot, unfortunately, the breakdown of the family in America is definitely, in my opinion, an under-reported reason why people are suffering from health problems, especially like anxiety, depression, things like that. Another big reason why the teenage suicide rate skyrocket, has skyrocketed yeah. in America, and it's sad. So we've got to address these things as best we can to help people in totality. That's why holistic medicine is so superior to regular conventional medicine. Not that conventional medicine doesn't have good aspects. We use them, lab testing, good for emergencies, you know, acute infections. But for chronic things, honestly, it, it's, it's very poor still. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Holistic, when spelled with a W, implies that the reason you can't get out of bed in the morning because your right shoulder is so sore is it's not a right shoulder problem. It's a whole body problem. Um, and that's where Dr. Stengler really digs in. This was interesting, the, this conversation you just had. You contend that PTSD is not rare the way it was for men coming home from the war. You brought up 9-11 and everybody you know, lived through that. And in our own way, uh, we're going back and reliving some of these tragic events. You're seeing workplace sexual violence right. and so forth. Um, and what we're learning from that, Mark, is that isn't rare. As a matter of Correct. fact, that's probably pretty common. So you're seeing these women growing up now with all of these illnesses, both cerebral and physical illnesses. And so post-traumatic stress does play a role for average people. You know, and I talk to my patients with chronic illness, and I ask them, what was going on in your life 
before this all began, say sure. the year beforehand. So it would be cancer, especially autoimmune disease, we find it. And lo and behold, yeah, I mean, a lot of the people tell us, women, you know, I was, you know, sexually abused or something like that, accosted, yep. Yep. Uh, you know, traumatic events like this. And so you got to think, well, is this just a coincidence? Well, no, not if you heard, the, you know, the thousandth patient tell you this. And of course, there's research demonstrating this too, because our brain is connected to our immune system and our nervous system. Yep. Uh, and our digestive system. So it's all interconnected. You can't you can't separate the human, you know, person into different parts, right? You got the mind, the body, and spirit. So you start separating it like you do in conventional medicine. You limit the results you get. Yeah, we have dissected the human body. You see this specialist for your bones, this one for your joints, this one for your brain. But they're now calling the brain. Uh, or the gut, the second brain. Right. Isn't that fascinating yes. how they're doing that? Okay, so stereotypically, folks, what Dr. Stingler, by the way, he's written a book that's 20,000 pages long. Uh, it's called The Prescription for Natural Cures. It is a reference book you just can't believe. He's written many books. He's got a book coming out I'm really excited about, Outside the Box, Cancer Therapies. That's coming out end of April, May. Right. So you're going to have to wait for that one, unless you're listening to this in April or May of 2018. Then it's already out. You are strong, although you will prescribe antibiotics if needed, of course, antifungals if needed. What are your two or three favorite supplements that seem to universally, in other words, what can a person take home from this podcast? Go home, think outside of the box, change your diet, uh, and you guys know how to eat. But what supplements do you love? Sure. Well, Doug, you know, I, I've tested tens of thousands of people at blood work. And we do that quite routinely. And what I see over and over again coming up on people's lab tests. And remember, I live in Southern California, mm -hmm. so people are into supplements and, you know, organic diets and stuff. We've got sunlight. I mean, it's just amazing. The percent of people who have vitamin D deficiency, which, you know, is when you're deficient in vitamin D, it's a risk for different mm -hmm. cancers, breast, prostate, colon, mm -hmm. and others. You're at high risk for autoimmune diseases. Studies show you're at high risk for fatigue, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, arthritis, and the list goes on and on. So vitamin D comes up a lot. Omega-3s. We find a lot of people are suboptimal or just overtly deficient in omega-3s, which, of course, make up our skin, our eyes, our brain, help control inflammation. And, of course, you have to control chronic inflammation because that's what most diseases are related to in the long run. Uh, so fish oil we use a lot. Um, and then we see a subsection of people, they're low on B12. Okay. Now, I think that's because more in the seniors taking these acid-blocking medications, you need stomach acid to absorb B12, which is probably why people who take those medications on a long-term basis are at high risk for dementia. We know the brain actually shrinks by up to 25% when you have B12 deficiency. 25% of seniors in America are B12 deficient according to conventional wow. Uh, research. Wow. So what do we do, folks? We bypass their gut, which is where B12 is made, and we give them an injection. One cc of the red stuff, right? <laughs> Vitamin B12. And they get in that car, drive out of that building, and they feel like a million bucks till tomorrow morning. You've got to make it yourself, make it in the gut. This show would be incomplete with a brain like yours. I've loved you for many years without talking just a little bit about my interest, about fungus, the poisons fungus yes. make, and so forth. Is that relevant clinically? Do you see people with fungal infections that uh, can be helped? Uh, every day in my clinic. Now, you ask what drugs I prescribe the most often. You know, in my practice, we prescribe about 95% natural compounds. Mm -hmm. about 5% pharmaceuticals. 
And you gotta remember, I do a general practice too. Yep. So people come yep. in with bad, you know, lung infections and bladder infections and all this kind of stuff too. And we treat those things. At least we treat them both. We always give them, if they need Advox, we do that plus the natural, protect them with the probiotics, Good. Good. give them things to help their immune system and all that. But you know, honestly, Doug, the number one medication I prescribe to people are antifungals. I do hmm. prescribe a lot of Nystatin, a lot of Diflucan, also known as Fluconazole, a lot. Why do I do that? Well, simply for two reasons. Number one, it helps people tremendously. Yeah. It helps people tremendously because a lot of people have fungal overgrowth in their gut, which you know I see on lab tests too. You don't need lab tests to know it. You can just tell by their symptoms and history. Right. Uh, so by far, it'd be antifungals. Um, occasionally prescribe the odd you know, anti-anxiety medication, short-term, sure. someone sure. died in the family, these yep. types of things. I'm with you. Antibiotic occasionally. A lot of infections, people come to our clinic, I treat, yep. you know, naturally. But the antifungal, so anyone with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, um, autoimmune diseases, absolutely, a hormone imbalance, cancer, we, digestive issues, irritable mm -hmm. bowel syndrome, absolutely, colitis, you've got to address the fungal component. Now, when I was in, you know, in a holistic medical school, you know, 25, 20 years ago, we were taught, we were you know, very unique, we were taught about the relationship between the imbalance of you know, fungal infection in the gut, Good. or systemically. Mm -hmm. However, you know, more on a minor level, um, conventional medical schools still don't really treat or teach it, um, but through people like you, and through seeing patients and testing and treating them, I always was quite amazed. It actually was a much more pronounced problem than I ever thought. So it's not uncommon in my clinic on a daily basis, people are getting antifungal prescriptions, antifungal supplements, antifungal diets. Matter of fact, um, you know, not to toot your horn, but I often do refer them to your website, knowthecause.com, mm -hmm. because you got the dietary principles laid out there, books if they want them. And um, so it just helps a lot of people. It just helps a lot of people. Did you see what I added to that, Mark? On our homepage, I added a letter that people can print off two pages, take to their doctor, telling their doctor of my background, my interest in mycology and so forth. And then I, what everyone was telling me, my doctor would prescribe some Nystatin, but he doesn't know what it is or how to, so I, I referenced it, what Nystatin is, how it's normally prescribed, a million units, BID, PC, and I told him what that means and so forth. And these people are printing these off, taking them to their doctors, and their doctors are giving them Diflucan and Nystatin mm -hmm. for a couple of weeks. I concur with you 100%. If I have to, look, if I sit naked on a metal table and the nurse comes in and takes my blood pressure, it's going to be 150, you know, over 100. I'm reading a Sports Illustrated from 1952. Uh, the doctor is an hour late. So that could have something <laughs> to do with my... I am going to take... A blood pressure medication until I can go home and figure out why it went up. In that case, it would be obvious. But folks, yeah. if you've moved into a moldy home, if you're infection after infection after infection, antibiotic-induced hypertension is a real problem. So consider that. Dr. Stengler uses drugs until he doesn't have to anymore, and that's really the cool thing that sometimes are necessary. How do people get in touch with you? Sure. I mean, through my website, markstengler.com. I'm in private practice in Encinitas, California, which is a suburb of San Diego. Yeah, man, I'd be on that airplane tomorrow, guys, <laughs> after listening to this. It's M-A-R-K-S-T-E-N-G-L-E-R.com. Thank you for listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or tell a friend. For more, visit us online at knowthecause.com.
or like us on Facebook at facebook.com/knowthecause.